talking about chicken a la king. Mango and garbanzo, tabbouleh, real potatoes, and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil. Zucchini, ziti, granola, fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Guys, welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. My guest today is a hilarious comedian. He's a touring machine, a social media juggernaut. You can see his comedy special, Be Yourself, on Amazon Prime and Apple TV. We've never met before, but I've always been a fan. Please welcome Kevin James Thornton. Woo, hello. (laughs) My eyes are so puffy. I just realized how puffy my eyes are. Hey, not in podcast land, they're not. Oh, that's true. You look amazing in podcast land. Thanks. I always feel like with the comics, I have to give them an intro that's like, I'm bringing them up to stage. Right. <laughs> that's why I wooed. You elicited a woo out of me. I know. It, it always ends up awkward because we're used to like a round of applause after that. But no, it's just like silence and a woo. You know what? I, I just did a few shows in Europe. and Humble brag. Humble brag. He I know. tours in Europe, everyone. I, th- I, thought, I thought we'd just start that way. But they don't, they don't, they do it totally different. They take a break between comics so people can go get a drink. And then no one really introduces you. You just sort of awkwardly walk out. That sounds terrifying. It, yeah. Did you like that more or less? No, way less. Like it felt so weird. And then I was trying to explain that to a comic there. I was like, we don't take a break. And she was like, how do people get drinks? And I'm like, there's cocktail servers. And she was like, what? <laughs> Isn't that distracting? <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, so you're telling me people have to get up, go yes. get their drinks, and come back. Correct. I, I'm trying to give it the most generous read of, yes, okay, then you don't have the cocktail servers. But the cocktail servers don't very rarely get in the way. Yeah. The only times it sucks is, like, if you're doing one of those bits that's just, like, a long rant. And then, like, they're just, like, in the front row, like, totally. asking for drinks. And I'm like, and then you can't address it because you're in the middle of the rant. Yes. That's the only time. <laughs> But besides that, it's usually, um, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to, my conclusion to that is USA, USA. Number one. It seems to me, Kevin, that you are stalling and that you don't want us to get to your fridge. And if I had your fridge, I'd probably feel the same way. This is a sad fridge, Kevin. <laughs> it is. is a sad fridge. You, you guys can see Kevin's fridge on my Instagram at standupdan. And here we go. Okay. Wow. Yeah. We've had a couple comics in a row on the show. And the the thing with sad comedian fridges is either A, your career is going really well and you're never home. <laughs> or B, you're just a sad comedian and have a sad life. I yeah. think that I'm going to put you in the former category. But this is a sad fridge. It's an even mix. But I have a really, really good excuse. I mean, you're also a gay, and as a gay, I, I expect I expect better of the gays. I want you to know that in real life, I cook all the time, but I am without permanent residence right now. So I'm in an Airbnb, and that's why it looks less than. Ah, this is an Airbnb fridge. Okay, okay. We'll give you a little bit of grace. <laughs> is it a long-term Airbnb? <laughs> yes. It is, but but I've not been in this one very long. Okay, well, okay, let's let's get into it. It's it's a basic fridge. It's a starter fridge. Yes. It it is a solid Airbnb fridge, I'd say. The first thing you notice is the empty crispers staring at you in the face. You've got 
a top crisper, two power bottom crispers. Yes. And everything is empty. There's nothing in them. There are some veggies we'll get to in a minute, uh, which I have, I take issue with. But right now, nothing in the crispers. Just empty, empty clear vessels. Right. Dreaming, dreaming of vegetables, they are, I believe. Aspirational crispers. <laughs> Front and center at the top, like the headliners of the fridge, are Tostitos queso. Yes. Next to... The on the border salsa, which right is that like a bootleg Tostitos? Is on the border a is a a better brand? A, is it a artisanal brand or is it what is on the border? I don't really know. It just in the grocery that that was front and center, and I grabbed it. I feel like the Mexican things that that reference the border, it's always an interesting thing to me. Like I don't know. Right. This salsa is a little controversial right now. It's a real problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what side of the border is it on? It's just on the border? Right. <laughs> it should have remained in Mexico until it got its clearance. I don't know. It's it's awaiting confirmation. <laughs> it's awaiting <laughs> asylum salsa. Next to these, you have a spinach artichoke and parmesan dip by another random company i've never heard of called la terra firma very fancy or la terra fina i don't know what that is by the font i can tell it seems like a a secondary or tertiary brand it's not a doesn't seem like Mm -hmm. the highest end i have a lot of excuses i guess yes i just at the doctor i found out that i am pre-diabetic and so i've been attempting to get my to alter my diet to ward off the diabetes. How dare you? How dare you try to make me look like... But I know, but you're looking at like, okay, so Tostitos queso is going to ward off diabetes, and it is not. (laughs) Yeah. I had a real craving for chips and salsa, which chips are not... I'm trying to do like a low-carb thing. And so I went to the grocery, and I gorged myself on chips and queso... And the spinach artichoke dip was like a, ooh, that sounds like something like a, a palate cleanser between the queso and the the waiting asylum salsa. I'm hoping that your physician <laughs> is not listening to this podcast. That your your justification for the commercial uh, store yeah. brand queso, jarred queso, and spinach artichoke dip. I mean, you should be having hummuses in here. Hummusai. That would be great for my blood sugar levels, but that's not what I chose. (laughs) But there is, yes, there are satisfaction levels that must also be attended to. Yes. You've got a, next to it, a, what seems to be like a Chobani zero sugar situation. You've got fancy eggs, looks like expensive eggs because they are in a sort of a, Almost like an Easter blue colored. Uh, Those are uh, br- brown and blue yeah. eggs. I do buy expensive eggs. Ooh, you know because cheap eggs come from sad chickens, and I feel like in some way that matters. Yeah, I think it matters taste wise, and I do think it matters karmically wise. In that, it they're usually only like a mm-hmm. dollar more than like you know than the eggs where the the chickens were like put in an electric chair and just like forced to <laughs> squeeze eggs out of their ass. I know. Sad chickens. Yeah. Yeah. Pay the extra dollar and let the chickens roam around. 
Totally. Uh, and the yolks on those eggs are like deep, bright orange. Mm, love an orange. They're better, better eggs. Yeah. Better eggs. Happier chickens, better eggs. I like that you become you become a, an ethical uh, animal rights activist with your eggs. But with your queso, God knows how, what these cows <laughs> went to. To... <laughs> To make the Tostitos queso milk. You can only do so much. Yes. Agreed. Okay, let's get to the second row. Okay? This is this is the vegetables. We're getting to the veggies. We have a, I want to say, sort of a government issue looking bag of romaine. Oh, that's, those are celery sticks. Oh, these are celery sticks? Oh, <laughs> celery sticks. Okay. Yeah. Still looking government issue. What government? I'm not quite sure. All right, some some Eastern European <laughs> celery farm in Russia. Something that was definitely under the Iron Curtain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These carrots also, to me, are interesting. They look disgusting. They look like they're first of all they're all pre-cut and they're waffle. They're waffle cut. So here's what happened. This is on the same trip that I got the chips and salsa and queso. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to have queso and, you know, leftover and also the spinach artichoke dip. And I cannot keep eating chips. That's not on the diet. So I grabbed celery sticks and carrot chips thinking I would finish off the spinach artichoke dip and maybe even the queso with celery. And let me tell you, that was uh, it's not it's not happening. Celery dipped into Tostitos queso is uh, disgusting. That sounds awful. It is terrible. No, you have to go big or go home. Celery, again, yeah. this might be an argument for the hummus. I guess celery and hummus can work. Oh, that would better. be good. I know. That's, that, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Wait, so. You've, you've inspired these... me to get hummus. <laughs> yeah. We're sponsored by Big Hummus, by the way. You should know that. I knew it. So the, I'm their main lobbyist. So these, <laughs> these carrots were intended as a dip. Is that what I'm hearing? This is a... That was my intent. But I, I, as you can see, I don't even think the celery is open. I think I no. no, it is. I did have one celery stick dipped into queso. And I was like, what was I thinking? <laughs> That's I'm not doing that. That is the saddest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like you come back from the doctor with these labs, lab results. And you're like, yes. Fuck, it's time to right. make a change. And then you dip yes. the celery in the queso and you go, nope. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. <laughs> um, you got the Rayo's uh, tomato sauce? I've never had the Rayo's uh, um, pasta sauce. Is it, a, is it a good one? Is it respectable? This is a pizza sauce. I love pizza. I can't live without pizza. Also not on my new diet menu. Yeah. So I've been making these like low-carb pizzas for dinner. Okay. What's the base of the pizza? It's the low-carb tortillas on the next shelf. Oh, okay. Hold on a second. This, my friend, is yeah. not a pizza. This is a... <laughs> <laughs> this is... Again, you yeah. are like... Yeah. You know what you are? You're like the you're like the saddest Iron Chef ever. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I told you it, it was an even mix of I'm on the road a lot and I'm, my life is sad. It's a combination of both of those. <laughs> Um, okay, so you have the carb balance flour mission flour tortillas, which is a mm-hmm. I guess a low carb tortilla, and then you so then you sauce 
You will sauce the Rayo's pizza sauce on top of that. And then what is the cheese that you put on top of that? It's quite possible the cheese is not in this photo. I might have used it all the night before. Like a bag of shredded mozzarella. Okay, got it. And is there anything else that goes on that or you just keep it simple? Sure. There's those turkey pepperonis there. Uh, Maybe a handful (laughs) of mushrooms. Yeah, it's all there. Okay. Okay. There's tur- we have Hormel turkey pepperoni. Ta- right. Don't ask what these poor turkeys went th- went through in the Hormel. I like that the chick for the chickens. You give them your love. I care. Yeah. You care. Every other animal can go fuck itself. Because we- I, I know. <laughs> I didn't realize what a refrigerator hypocrite I am. I. <laughs> I really go, I go the extra mile for the chickens and then I'm just like, yeah. fuck the turkey. Yeah. Yeah. The turkey gets a Hormel turkey pepperoni and it gets a Jimmy Dean turkey sausage. You know what? What? You can't, uh, if you put that in the microwave, they're, they're inedible. They're just pure rubber. I guess you are not supposed to microwave them, but oh with God. a little, an instant breakfast sausage. I, I, I zapped it for a minute and it was inedible. Everyone listening to this, we will start a GoFundMe at the end of this for Kevin's fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he's taking umbrage with the good people at Jimmy Dean. Mm-hmm. Your breakfast sausage once put in a microwave. I don't think you're supposed to microwave it. I think, you know what? How do you? Okay, so I, they're probably already cooked. Oh, yeah, it says fully cooked right under Jimmy Dean. Fully cooked. Mm-hmm. I would just throw those in the toaster if I were you. Oh, yeah. I think you just want to reheat those babies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I would either throw them in the toaster or in the trash. And <laughs> That's the better option. Straight into the trash. Instead, here, again, we're going to go baby steps. But I'm going to suggest uh, anywhere you go shopping, they're going to have some sort of breakfast sausage that hasn't been cooked. And that way you can just as easily, you can throw that in the toaster if you want. You can throw that on the skillet if you want. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I'd put it in the microwave. But again, same fresh sausage. A couple minutes and it'll do yeah. you good. It'll do you good. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get some hummus. I'm going to get yeah. some, some, some sort of ethically sourced turkey sausage. Yeah. And I'm going to cook it from scratch. Yeah. Where do you live, Kevin? I'm I'm in Nashville, Tennessee right now. I don't really live anywhere. I live on the road. Yes. Okay. Well, Nashville's got to have some hippy dippy co-op or like they have a whole you got Whole Foods. Jeff Bezos has gotten his fingers into Nashville. We do have a Whole Foods. Okay. Yeah. I see your tour dates, man. I know you're making money. I think it's time for <laughs> us to <laughs> to invest in my eating. You do invest in your drinking. You've got a beautiful bottle of San Pellegrino here. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's the nice. it's the plastic. It is the plastic. It is the plastic. Which whatever. I mean, at the, this the, point, the glass the glass is a little. It's a crisper, don't you think? There's something about like a cold glass bottle so much of Pellegrino. Any sparkle sparkling water out of the cold glass? Yeah, baby. You got the you got some real helmets, which is good. You've got coffee yes. mate, which I don't know if that's going to help the the diabetes. Well, it's zero sugar, so. It's really just a sugar thing, trying to cut out the carbs and sugar. Okay. And then uh, on the top row, we have the zero sugar whipped cream. <laughs> yes. Hey, you're, 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 you're a man giving it your best. 
I, I'm try, I'm going to try. You were giving it your best. Um, you've got your zero sugar jellos. Mm-hmm. And finally, we round this out with some also no sugar. I see the word no sugar. I don't know what this is, though. Yeah. They're a little like sweet gherkin pickles. Oh, okay. Got it. So sweet pickles that have no sugar. So it's like saccharin right. pickles. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I get grossed yeah. out by sweet pickles anyway. A, 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 a Diet Coke pickle, that is... <laughs> Diet pickles. This is the fridge. This is what we're working with. Again, I, I'm urging baby steps here. And everyone, I really urge you to, to go on my Instagram. Look at this fridge. And in the comment section, throw in a couple suggestions, mm-hmm. a couple things, a couple suggestions of ingredients, of life choices. Please do not write the word suicide as a suggestion. That is <laughs> <laughs> not the spirit of this podcast. <laughs> Look, again, all jokes aside, you are a you are a very, very busy working comedian and you're on the road and I know what that life is like. So... I'm not going to ding you. I'm not going to ding you too much. Also, you know, I think I, the, my A1C is not good because also largely because of comedy club food, which you end up eating a lot of, Mm. you know, at the end, at the end of the night, you're like, nothing's open. I just want to go back to my hotel. I guess I'll have the Bavarian pretzel dip and some (laughs) hot wings, cold hot wings in my hotel room. That's the comedy club diet. <laughs> yeah, comedy club food is it's an interesting subgenre unto itself because they could just as easily order things from other restaurants and it'd be fine. But they have like a full kitchen. Right. And they're slanging their what is their version of like a like a Friday's or a Chili's menu. <laughs> I I, t- I think it's like the worst like laughing food. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like like hot like hot wings and laughter don't mix. You're right. It's all like very messy, gross food that's yeah. super <laughs> calorie dense and it just like weighs you down. Right. Yeah, no. Proper comedy food should be celery sticks and queso. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I but I'm with you though. There's like and the light options on a comedy club menu are the saddest thing ever. Right? Right. They're not meant to be ordered. Yeah. No. It's like uh, a romaine spear with hot sauce. And you're like, oh, God. (laughs) The old iceberg and hot sauce salad. Oh, God. It is sad. It is. I don't think I've ever been to. Actually, the Comedy Magic Club. But even them, they have like really good food. But it's, again, it's it's, everything is 2,000 calories and entree. It's delicious. The kitchen closes before you get off stage. So you have to order this. And as a comedian, you don't want to eat before you go on stage because because you're right. eating meatloaf and then going on stage right. for two hours. <laughs> so you order the meatloaf and then it just congeals and gets cold and you eat it horizontal in your bed at the Best Western, which is very sad. Don't even bother with the fries. By the time fries get back to your hotel room, they're lifeless. Yeah. You can't microwave. So this is disgusting. But I I wanted fries so badly. And, you know, microwaved fries are terrible. So I had the idea that I was going to use the hotel hairdryer to heat, like, almost like a, to, like, heat up my fries in sort of like an air fryer way. Oh, my God. 
It kind of worked, but then the, I have a, a feature that travels with me, and he was like, that is the nastiest thing I've ever heard anyone do. He was like, people t- touch their hair with that. And I didn't, I don't know why that didn't occur to me. I'm like, I'm a genius. I'm heat reheating my fries. I'm dying. This is like a, it's like, it's like an episode of Chop that takes place in prison. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, that is a very prison move, I guess. <laughs> oh my God, Kevin, that is the saddest thing and funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. It kind of worked. I'll never do it Have again. Have you ever talked about this before? Is this a Green Eggs and Dan exclusive? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I no, I, I'm. I, I think you're the first to hear it. Oh my god, I'm so. Listen, you're so, you're brave for sharing. It's a confession. Story. Yeah. <laughs> you know what the best thing would be if the hotel room didn't have the hair dryer and you had to call down and be like, "Can you guys please send a hair dryer?" And they're like, "At one in the morning." Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then they they come in. They see you clearly like wearing a baseball cap. They're like, why does he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, man. It's very difficult to eat healthy on the road as a comedian. You have to either live like, you know, like we do, which is unhealthy, or you have to go super hard in the paint. Like Mikey Winfield, he, the way that he lives on the road is bonkers. He travels with like a set of oh he brings a hot pot what and like a a a like a lecruzette like a stock like a big like a big uh what's it called uh pot that he just basically makes these huge vet and he's vegan and so he like wow brings all these vegetables and makes these stews and stuff that's just like does he have like an entire suitcase of cooking yes tools? and he doesn't have like an entourage like he doesn't have like a crew it's literally just him that's a lot and he's <laughs> chopping garlic in the micro hotel that he's staying in that's insane it's insane it's absolutely crazy you know, the problem is you tour a lot more than I do. So, like, I'll go, I'll do a, a weekend here and there, and it's, like, almost novelty. Like, oh, fun, I get to try Wendy's. And... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, my God, Wendy's again. No, I if, if you mentioned Whole Foods earlier, I will say, if I see a Whole Foods, I will stop and buy a $40 salad. Like the the salad bar, like there's like fresh food you can have there. So if I do see yeah. the Whole Foods, yeah. that is one of my road habits. I will choose that for lunch. You know, you're tr- you're trying your best. <laughs> it's not working apparently. You're, but <laughs> you just have to try your best a little bester. You you made me think about my doctor appointment because before we got the blood work, she walked in and she was like, "Okay, everything looks pretty good." And then I watch her type the word obese on her computer. I'm like, I'm like, is it good? And then now we know. I mean, I think I've actually lost. I, I, I don't know. I look pretty good in the monitor here. And Zoom adds a couple pounds. That's what everyone says. <laughs> <laughs> the Zoom camera adds. So you're looking good. Obese. She writes it in like bold and italic underline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I hate sweet pickles with a passion. 
And I was hoping I was going to find out that sweet pickles are a new fad in our sweet-obsessed world. But sadly, I'm wrong. Sweet pickles have a rich and diverse history that spans cultures and centuries, millennia even. Ancient civilizations, such as the Mesopotamians and Egyptians, were known to preserve cucumbers in a sweet brine, creating early versions of sweet pickles. Over time, this preservation method spread to various parts of the world, including Asia, Europe, and the Americas. Upon learning this new information, I've decided to change my tune. JK, JK, sweet pickles still blow. Okay, so we're going to get to the questions, starting with what is your earliest food memory? So I grew up in that era where there was like an early 90s fad of everything being, I guess I'm still on it, like sugar-free and low-fat everything. My mom would only buy like low-fat salad dressings. There was like a, a, a sugar-free cookie. What was that called? Snack wells? Yes, yes. Like everything in our kitchen was this like barely food items, you know, that's, that's what yeah. I grew up on. And I was, I joined the Cub Scouts and we went on a camping trip and they made this big pot of spaghetti, but it had like spices in it and like real like cheese. And like the guy made the tomato sauce. I'd never had food like that before. I remember like sitting, eating this bowl of Cub Scout spaghetti and like my mind was it, it, like my mind turned on. I was like, what is this food? Because everything I had was like low fat ranch dressing and a snack well sugar free cookie. Oh, my God. I love that. The Cub Scouts <laughs> open your eyes to what food can be. Yeah. <laughs> Most people, they're like, I went to the Cub Scouts and the food was disgusting. Canned beans and whatnot. Yeah, it probably was. I had just never had like spices before. Oh my God, I love it. Okay, what is your death row meal? So I would think of a, of a reason you're on death row. So you didn't have as good <laughs> right. a sense of humor that you have and you went to the doctor and she said, you're doing great. And you saw obese and you picked up the computer screen. And you killed my doctor. God, it's dark. And you're like, yeah, who's obese now? And like her last dying words were still you. Yeah. Like, God damn it. <laughs> I could I could have thought of a better line. <laughs> she was like, "You have diabetes." <laughs> I'm like, "No." <laughs> okay, yeah. so now you're on death row. What is your death row meal? I think it's gonna have to be uh, celery and queso. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can you imagine my dying wish? Boy, even even the the prison guard would be like, "We're gonna keep you alive a little longer, <laughs> so you can come up with a better answer." <laughs> Man, I love pizza. I, I just for pizza. Pizza is my favorite food. So it would probably, be, if I'm being truthful, it would be pizza. What is your favorite type of pizza? Is it like a Neapolitan pizza? Is it a New York slice? I do. I mean, I like a wide variety of pizzas. I had a, a show in uh, Chicago a few months ago, and I tried Chicago deep dish for the first time. I actually did not enjoy that. It was a little. It was just like a little too much of something. It's, 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 it's too much of everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I sort of, I like the opposite of that. Actually. I love a really thin crust, um, you know, crisp, savory. I just had pizza with my parents over the holidays and I grew my parents live in Evansville, Indiana. 
And there's this, I don't know if this is anywhere else, but they call it Una pizza. Have you heard of that before? Una? U-N-A? Una? Yeah. Yeah. There's several restaurants in Evansville. It's like Una pizza. I think it might be an Evansville thing, but it's like the thinnest crust. I don't even know how it's possible. Like there's barely a crust. It's almost like a thin cracker pizza. It's really good. (laughs) Oh, interesting. So yeah. Okay. I'm going to tell you what kind of pizza it is that you like. You like something called bar pie. Okay. Bar pie is exactly this. It actually comes from the Midwest. It's like a super thin pie that is, you know, ideally cooked very nice and crisp. And you just kind of, you can eat it and and watch the game at the bar. It's like, and you can take down the whole pie because it's so thin. Yes, you certainly do eat the entire thing. This makes a lot of sense for a lot of things. Number one, your bootleg pizza at home is a bootleg bar pie because it's super thin. <laughs> right. Yes. And it also makes sense as to why you wouldn't be into the Chicago because that's literally the opposite yeah. end of the spectrum is a deep yeah. dish. Yeah. So um, I love a bar pie. Bar pies to me are are probably I, – I like a New York slice because I'm from New York, but bar pies are a close second. So yeah, that's a good one. A nice, a nice crisp bar pie. I'm into that. I, I could die happy after that too. Yeah. I cannot wait to ask you this question. Oh no. What is the best high-end meal that you ever had? The best? I was <laughs> I was in London after my recent string of European comedy shows. I was in Oxford on Cheshire. <laughs> And I had, I had like a full night off and there was a really nice restaurant at the top of my hotel with like a gorgeous view of London. So I did this thing. I was like an eat, pray, love or something. I like got dressed up by myself. I went up to this restaurant at the top of my hotel. You know, I had, I was like, I'm going to really luxuriate. I'm going to treat myself. At this yeah. restaurant. And the vibe was great. Like the view was gorgeous. I sat there with a glass of wine. It, that, that part was really lovely. And uh, I ordered, uh, it was, I don't, I can't remember what they called it, but it was basically like a seafood linguine. Mm. And they brought this plate of linguine out. I will say at first, there was like a sea creature, per, like a full, fully intact sea creature, like perched on top of the pasta like eyeballs and everything it had like claws like it was just like perched on top of this you know bowl of pasta yeah so i removed the sea creature and then i uh i took a big bite of linguine what i didn't it had like shrimp and scallops and a lot of things in it i did not also realize that blended in with the linguine were these like long strands of calamari that looked that sort of looked like the pasta. So I just yes. put a big forkful of this in my mouth and swallowed, not realizing some of it was calamari and kind of chewy. So this like long strand of calamari like went down my throat like halfway and got stuck. Oh my God. And I ga- like I started like violently gagging. And I was like, I was like, I'm about three seconds away from making a scene because I'm like, am I going to choke or I don't know what's happening. I realized like I couldn't swallow and it was literally like part of it was in my mouth and the other end was like mid chest somewhere. Mid, mid esophagus. <laughs> and I'm literally like, it, it was terrible. I'm like violently oh gagging. God. 
And then I, I got it. I got it to go down, and I recovered. The sea creature is looking at you like shaking its head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Fuck you, bitch." <laughs> Serves you right. <laughs> and then I couldn't eat another bite of it because I had I had gagged so hard. And oh my god, for like a few days after that, like just in the middle of the day, I would get I gagged, <laughs> like oh just god. from just just from remembering this like horrific moment uh i just realized you asked for the best high-end <laughs> i don't know what that story was exactly that's a great high-end meal story though <laughs> because it's like poor kevin the one time he's like trying to step outside his mm. comfort zone and yes. say you know what you know what i'm gonna have a fancy meal i never do this and and you got got by the calamari i know i'm sure it was delicious i couldn't eat it i've given you a, ter- a terrible impression that i don't eat good food i actually have a a a podcast that i did this year that was sort of like a travel journal podcast and part of the show is me and my uh my feature act would go to really nice restaurants and have like really delicious meals and talk about the food i've given you this impression that i eat tortilla low-carb tortilla pizzas and cold jars of queso which i do i want to say all of your own volition. I was not leading the witness <laughs> whatsoever. I did it to myself. I did it to myself. <laughs> Hold on. Do you remember what the name of the restaurant was or what the name of the hotel was that you were staying at in London? I'm so curious what this place was. It was Hotel Indigo near uh, Trafalgar Square. Hotel Indigo. Hold on. I'm going to look this up. Oh, yes. LSQ, Rooftop Bar and Restaurant. Yeah. Oh, my God. I want to see a picture of this fucking... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i found it no did you really i found it is this it <laughs> yes but that's not mine had that's not the sea creature they gave me the my oh sea my creature god. my sea creature had like hands <laughs> i think oh my god this is so funny what a beautiful restaurant jesus christ yeah that is so funny the sea creature. <laughs> Is there a best low-end meal that you remember in your travels in Europe? In or Europe? America? Oh, yeah. I just had it. After one of my shows in Paris from my recent European string of comedy dates, I was so hungry. I had an afternoon free, and there was a little crepe stand by my hotel, and I had, for the first time, a, a, a ham and cheese crepe. Mm. From a French, from a, a a little crepe stand in in Paris, it was so yummy, it was so good, and I was so hungry. It was just like exactly the right everything. Yeah, and cheese crepe. People in America, especially, we sleep on on savory crepes. We do a lot of the sweet crepes. You can find that a lot. A, mm-hmm. a good savory crepe, um, especially like the ones that you had in Paris. I mean, they make them with buckwheat flour, which is like a completely different experience of the crepe. It's just like, they're so delicious and so underrated. Yeah. That's a very good one. My hat's off to you on that one. You yeah, redeemed you. yourself from, from the embarrassment that was <laughs> the high-end meal. Man, I, to me, Paris lived up to the hype, man. That city is so yeah. beautiful. And uh, it, it, it's like the, the fantasy version of I ha- that I had of it in my mind. It completely lived up to it. And the food was so freaking good. Like uh, the Were you even doing shows in Paris, I had one show in Paris, but I had 
but I had like three full days. It just like fell on the calendar between other shows. So I had like three full days in Paris and uh, even just like the vegetables seem like more real or something. The food was so good. It is uh, unbelievable. Actually, I was there recently and you're right. I think it does live up to the hype. A lot of people go to Paris and they come back underwhelmed and I think they're just going to the wrong places because if you, if you choose, if you choose correctly, uh, there's no better food city in the world, I think. Yeah. It's awesome. And it is beautiful. It's so fucking beautiful. The lighting, the buildings. I think it's just because they have this like law that you can't like rebuild anything in Paris. So like all of the plumbing is really janky everywhere, <laughs> but it's the beautiful. buildings are goddamn <laughs> yeah. beautiful. Yeah. It's like you're in a Yves Saint Laurent commercial or something. Like you, you turn down yeah. an alley and a supermodel spritzes you with a cologne or something. It's, <laughs> it's so beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And then you realize, oh, no, that was a North Korean spy and that was poison <laughs> and I'll be dead. <laughs> they got me in Paris. They got me. <laughs> what is your favorite drunk food? I have this weird thing for Pringles. Mm. If I'm high as well, high or drunk, like an entire yeah. canister of like sour cream and onion Pringles. Mm. It's me. It gets me every time. Yeah, it hits hard. A bar pie, also pizza is always a good food. Yeah. Oh, look! Look at you sounding all pizza yeah, sophisticated now. Pie. And oh, when I was in college, there was this guy that would hang out around. I just thought of a whole bunch of drunk food. Um, there was this guy in college that had a hot dog cart, and he would like pull up in the middle of all the college drunk spots, and they were a dollar, <laughs> and those hit the spot. And also, when I was living in LA. I lived in West Hollywood, sort of near that strip of homosexual bars. Also known as everywhere in West Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> right. But there's like one especially condensed strip of bars. And there's a little, it's probably still there. There's a place right there on Santa Monica Boulevard that uh, is a little hamburger stand. Those, mm. those cheeseburgers after a night at the bars were, that's, that's my pick right there. Is it the hamburger stand that's like next to the car wash? Yes, it's that one. Yes. Yes. Even as a non-homosexual, I have enjoyed that yeah. after a night at a homosexual bar. <laughs> yes. It's the th it's the homosexual um, way, really, in West Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Go dance your ass off and then have a fucking cheeseburger. Yeah. Yeah. What is your hangover cure? Your favorite hangover cure? Uh, Mexican food, probably. There's something. I there's something about it. Mexican food just do, does me right every time. Yeah, I, I'm a Thai food guy, which I'm, I think I'm. I think I'm, I'm coming up with a theory right now. Thai food, the Mexican food of Asia. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. Um, either agree with me or cancel me. Whatever it is. Uh, as I, as, I as a hang as a hangover as a as hangover food. I just think there's a special like you know Mexican food hits all those spots of. You know, spicy, savory, crunchy. It's like mm -hmm. it's kind of a flavor explosion, just like kind of Thai food is like a flavor explosion. So Thai food for me is my hangover cure. So I'm, I think we are two sides of the same coin, is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, cancel me. Do what you Although want. something really spicy that seems to cure. If I'm feeling any kind of way, if I'm like under the weather, like a really spicy soup or something or anything just spicy. Yeah, is is good. Who is your favorite celebrity food personality? This can be a famous chef. It could be an Anthony Bourdain type. It can be like a Gordon Ramsay type. 
I know. It's probably kind of a basic thing to say, but it probably is Anthony Bourdain. I'm a huge fan. And I would even say in a weird way, he's kind of an influence on on my work. Interesting. How so? I watched every single episode of No Reservation and Parts Unknown. And uh, especially like this year and all the traveling I did this year. And I, like I told you, I did that sort of travel journal podcast. And so a bit of an Anthony Bourdain vibe crept into that show for sure, because I was at restaurants. And I mean, it was not, I'm not like any sort of like food critic or anything. That's not really what the show was. But there was something about him like sort of traveling all over the world, basically asking people like, what makes you happy? I feel like that was like at the core of his stuff with going to these different cultures and asking people what makes them happy. And uh, especially this last run I just did in Europe, I did, none of it was comedy clubs. It was all like old theaters. And I started coming out at these shows in Europe and I just, cause I just came out of a, a breakup and I would just start sort of, I would veer away from my material and I would just start talking about my feelings. Very not, not a good comic thing to do. but like that ended up being people's favorite part of the show of just sort of like these little philosophical moments. What does that say about your material? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like (laughs) the jokes, not really, but, but the part where I cried, (laughs) the mental breakdown though was chef's kiss. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I hear you. There is something about when you actually say something vulnerable on stage, that's, and you do it in the right way. That is, it is, kind of like bungee jumping for the audience they're like whoa what's happening yeah now that's over and i'm about to start american clubs again and i'm like am i gonna keep that stuff is that i don't i don't know yet i mean maybe it's maybe it's not something that happens every night because if like people are drunk and eating chicken strips you know that's (laughs) that's not the way yeah i guess it depends on the club too the other thing is the people in the theaters were, were not coming to see comedy they were coming to see you right yeah you know so Different, different vibe. If you're headlining at a club and you know that it's not just like, oh, it's just like it's a it's a club that just fills up regardless. And like they're there for you. I'm sure they would still equally love it. Yeah. Drunk Americans have feelings, too. (laughs) They they do. (laughs) Sometimes too much. Sometimes too much. And we see it the next day on TMZ. (laughs) Right. That's a great one, by the way, because I was just going to say normally when people say Anthony Bourdain, I say, okay, your favorite one besides Anthony Bourdain. But that was actually like the best endorsement of oh, was it? Good. being your favorite. Yeah, so I will let I will I will totally let that let that slide. It, and my quick my quick answer besides Anthony Bourdain would be Julia Julia Childs. Oh, another great one! Wow, you're going with the greatest hits on these. Yeah, why not? Yeah, she is great. Her voice is. She was kind of my first exposure to France, or like you know, someone being in love yeah. with with Paris. That's kind of the beginning of it. I mean, I have been my whole life. I've always wanted to go to Paris. And, you know, her show was on, I remember being a little kid that was like on public television or something when I was six years old. Yeah. Julia, that's what I watched, Julia Child. <laughs> you know, uh, next time you go to Paris, you have to go to this restaurant, Chez Georges, where that's where Julia Child had the first Sol Meunier that made her fall in love. Oh, French cooking, and it's still there now. And oh, wow! It's one of the best bistros in town. You can read all about it in my book, Undercooked. <laughs> I will. That sounds so cool. 
That is a great one. No, you should actually put, you should definitely put that on your list for the next time. Just text, text, reach out the next time you're going. I'll give you my Paris list. I have an insane Paris list. Okay. Desert island food. You're trapped on a desert island. There's one food you're going to have for the rest of your life. You're never going to get tired of it. I think I know what it is. Celery and queso? No, it's, uh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, it's, I think it's got to be bar pie. Bar pie, baby. Uh, Is there a food that you can't stand eating? Not really. I, I like eating a wide variety of things. I got on this really gross kick of eating canned oysters, Ooh. like right out of the can. Something about it is so nasty, but also kind of delicious. Well, here's the thing. There's, there's canned oysters and there's canned oysters. There's canned oysters and there's tinned oysters. So tinned oysters that's what I'm thinking. Are, of. Yeah, they're usually from Spain and whatnot. Yeah. Canned oysters are what a hobo has on the side <laughs> of the rail. <laughs> so, like, they're in a can. I'm thinking of the tin. Yeah, tinned oysters are legit, man. There's nothing gross about that. They're yeah. uh, like the good quality ones. I'm I'm here for that. So, okay, you're still telling me a dish that you love. I want to know something that you hate. Something I hate, food wise. What would it be? Okay, you know what? I will say that. So I. I worked on a cruise ship for a while and we had a French cuisine night on the cruise ship. And one of the first courses was escargot. And I had that many times and it was delicious. It was like on a, a little plate that had like little cups and it was like full of like butter and bread. And somewhere in there was a piece of escargot. It was, but it was mainly butter and bread Mm -hmm. on the road this year. We went to a French restaurant in Minneapolis called Blondette and we had escargot and I'd never had it like this before. It was basically like half of a femur. Mm, like bone marrow. But like a straight up half of a bone on the plate. And then around yeah. it was was sprinkled just straight up snails. They, were, I, it, they weren't in anything. They were just on the plate with half of a giant bone. I ate it because I, I don't like turning my nose up at anything just because it's foreign yeah. to me. But that was something I'll probably never do again. They were so like earthy in a way that I did not enjoy. I get that. I mean, look, it sounds kind of delicious to me for one mm-hmm. bite, but it does that does feel like it's what I like to call like um, an Instagram worthy dish. Like the chef's just trying to get a little attention because it's so mm-hmm. visually like, have you heard of the place that has the fucking half a femur with snails around it? Yeah. Like it's it's gonna it's gonna get clicks yeah it all it also just feels like it's way too decadent like snails to me are decadent and bone marrow is decadent decadent on decadent it's like are you trying to give me gout or are you trying to (laughs) or diabetes (laughs) or kill me yeah i can see that being a little much wow it's interesting though you don't have i'm 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 surprised you don't have something you're just like i cannot fucking stand those things which is good you just have love in your heart kevin yeah, there's no, I'm not, I'm not like that about really any, like any kind of food at all. Yeah. When people ask me for my favorite or the thing I hate, I'm, my brain immediately goes into the middle and I was like, ah, it just depends. I don't, you know, there's so many circumstances. <laughs> it's so diplomatic. Yeah. It's funny because for me, my, the thing that I can't stand eating is I can't stand eating most of the things in your fridge, which are like artificial sweeteners. Like when I taste that and I'm not even trying to be like, like, oh, you must have whole foods. Like there's yeah. something about artificial sweeteners that has the effect on me that like cilantro has on pe- on some people that it's I like it. my brain just like 
goes into shock and just wants to like chew on a cyanide pill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand. Me too. Okay, last question. <laughs> this is my favorite question. Okay. Although I don't know, man, you're too nice. You're not enough of a hater. I don't know if you're gonna you're gonna be good on this, but hopefully I'll try. Can. I'll try. What is or what are your restaurant pet peeves? I was a server for many years. I probably can tell you things I hate now because that that that, that was like my job for a long yes. time. I want the vitriol. I want the hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess all the things I hate are from the inside. I guess are you do you mean like as a as a patron? Things I hate. No, this is fine. We can get the inside the inside Man, scoop. I worked at a restaurant once that uh the they would just keep seating people no matter how many servers were on the floor. So it turned into a train wreck so many times. And I would always say, stop seating people. Like, go on a wait. And they wouldn't do it. If there was an open table, they would fill it. Mm. That is not a good management of people coming into your restaurant. It makes things fall apart. So I hate that. Mm-hmm. I guess most of the things I hate have more to do with the customer, <laughs> with the customers than the restaurant itself. Yeah. I'm one of those people that if, we are on a date or hanging out as friends for the first time and you have any sort of attitude toward the staff, we're, we're done. Yeah. I cannot hang out with people who don't have any kind of sense of just like treating servers like a person or starting to get demanding at all. Yes. You know, being waiting tables is such a, a humble position, you know, to serve other people food or to, you know, to, to work in that way and to treat someone like in any sort of demanding way is so gross to me. I don't know. There's something like, I think it's just happened to me so many times. Yeah. When I watch someone be even slightly rude to a server, I just, I can't handle it. That's the best answer for restaurant pet peeve. <laughs> yeah. that, that should, everyone listening, that should be your number one restaurant pet peeve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. People being rude to servers. All right. Awesome. Hey, listen, Kevin, I always say it's always a crapshoot with the guests that I've never met before. Um, and uh, this was uh, 10 out of 10. So much fun. Oh, Thank thanks. you for sharing. I, yeah. And we are all happy that you didn't die on that rooftop in London. Me too. I almost did. So that you could tell the story. Tell everyone uh, how they can find you. All my stuff is at my website, kevinjamesthornton.com. Awesome. Thank you, Kevin. And uh, yes, look forward to uh, either seeing you perform, performing with you, or eating together sometime soon. Amazing. All right, buddy. Thanks. Thank you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.